When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to The Lineup with True Blue LA. Today is a Dodgers Rewind episode of... That that um, means I'm here. Yay, Jacob Burtz is back after two weeks on the COVID IL. Uh, He is back for a Dodgers Rewind and I'm here to talk about... Did you do Dodgers Rewind while I was gone? Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It felt weird. Um, Betrayal by name is Eric. (laughs) It would be funny if I, I... like drew your face on a pillow or something and just had it like in front of me. Um, you haven't done that already? Well, I mean, that's what I cry into yeah. when I go to sleep. Um, so uh, we usually do, like, obscure is the wrong word. Some mo- Sometimes they're obscure. Like, there's some famous people, obviously. It's more like people others might not know about. Um, it's it's like we haven't done, to my knowledge, Sandy Koufax, Dodgers Rewind, right? Because mm-hmm. he's, he's pretty well covered. Uh, he's, the legend is sort of there. And this person, I would I would say, is sort of in that vein in that he's very famous. He's a Hall of Famer, uh, Leo DeRocher. However, he's in the Hall of Fame as a manager. Uh, and I want to focus on his playing days here, uh, mostly because um, he, so he played um, parts of 17 seasons in the majors. He were the, the All-Star game is coming up. It's, it's going to be next week at Dodger Stadium. And DeRocher is the first Dodger to start the All-Star game. But before we get into his All-Star exploits, I wanted to skip ahead to the end of his playing career, Leo DeRocher. Um, in his final Major League game, it was April 18th, 1945, against the Phillies at Ebbets Field. Keep in mind, DeRocher was the manager at this point, and I believe this was like his either his seventh or his eighth season. Also kind of um, a weird last date for a last game don't you think well and also keep in mind this was world war ii so like rosters were depleted yeah and it might have been one of those like things where hey we're just short today you know like that kind of thing i'm activating myself um so i my question to you yeah uh i will i i will give you the hint that leo derocher in his playing days was a shortstop um, and I'm not ruling that out for this uh, final <laughs> question. However, my question to you: What position did Leo DeRocher play in his final major league game as a player? This would be if it was just shortstop. Uh, <laughs> It'd be great, the like, trickster. Well, I'm going to be thinking about that while you uh, tell me tell me about Leo DeRocher, and uh, I guess specifically, more specifically, his his playing days. Sure. So, uh, as I said, he's the first Dodger to start an All Star game. That was in 1938. Um, at shortstop, um, but he was he was one for three in the game uh, with a run scored in the National League's four to one win. But just looking at that line, if you just looked at the box score and nothing else, that doesn't tell the story. This was kind of a fantastic sort of turn of events. So the National League was up two to nothing. Uh, Frank McCormick uh, singled to open the seventh. This is from Baseball Almanac. I'm quoting here. 
Uh, Leo DeRocher, the next batter, was ordered to sacrifice. He followed the order as third baseman Jimmy Fox charged in. Playing the ball, Fox made the scoop and threw the ball into right field. Joe DiMaggio in right, in deference to Earl Averill, raced in, picked up the ball, and fired it home. The throw was too high and sailed over catcher Bill Dickey's head, allowing McCormick to score. Meanwhile, DeRocher never stopped running until he reached home. So that's how he scored on his own his own bunt. Uh, and not only not only did he so he didn't get a sacrifice, they rewarded him with a hit plus an error, like a three base error to score. Everything or about this two. is amazing. I'm sorry, just yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's credit. So yeah, credited with a single. So he played all nine innings at short uh, in that game. Every starting position player uh, for the National League played the entire game. You know. Obviously, yeah, things were that, different back like then. that combined with the <laughs> sacrificing in the All Star game, yeah, it's just right a different it, different beast. It it totally was, but then also if you look at it, like if you look at like we'll get into this a little later, but Drosher was not like a good hitter at all. However, he was like revered in a, in many ways. So, but the some of the stuff is fascinating, uh, at least to me. Um, hopefully to others, uh, it won't surprise you uh, that the man who famously coined the, fra- coined the phrase nice guys finish last and whose nickname was The Lip was cantankerous even in his playing days um, with the ro- uh, he, in his rookie year in 1928. This is with the Yankees. So he, deb- he actually debuted in 1925, played two games, but then he was in the minors after that. But his, his like rookie year was 1928. He was up. Um, this is from uh, the Sabre bio of DeRocher written by Jeffrey Marlett. Um, quote, DeRocher's time with the Yankees was volcanic. Protected by manager Miller Huggins, he quickly made enemies with his incessant yapping, extravagant living, and antagonizing of the Yankees stars like Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Ruth nicknamed DeRocher the All-American Out for his diminutive batting average. Ruth also accused DeRocher of stealing his watch, a charge DeRocher denied vehemently. So imagine this like hothead rookie who can't hit, like coming in and just just being a little shit for like uh, to the like the biggest two stars in baseball at that point. <laughs> like it'd be like someone on the Angels just going in and antagonizing uh, Trout and Otani at, and like uh, just oh um, well this was we did not hit on our our weekly uh, The Lineup podcast, but another thing that you missed, while well, at least uh, something that we could talk about, and not Dodgers-related at all, except you you missed the Angels-Mariners brawl, um, which resulted in um, like a billion suspensions, I think. Um, so Joe Madden uh, was already fired by the Angels, so Phil Nevins, the, act, like the, the interim manager, he was suspended for that brawl for 10 games. And... A number of coaches were also suspended, but they were staggered. So that I think, as we're recording this, the Angels are on, like, their fourth manager. Like, Nevin, I forget the second guy, and then Bill Hasselman, who's the catch, one of the catching coaches, or a catching coach with the Angels, who was Dodgers minor league manager for a number of years recently. He managed a few games, and then now it's a different person. So, there's, like, on these, it's just, what a weird season for the Angels. But anyway... Um, back to DeRocher. So, like, there's a reason he, he was sort of allowed to do this because he was, like, thought of as a defensive wizard. He was seemed to be really good, even though he, he couldn't hit, right? So the 1930s were just about as good of an offensive period as ever, um, especially in the National League. And um, DeRocher, um, 
he hit 246 with no power in the decade, and he, he topped out in batting average at 286 during that time. In his career, he hit 247 with a 299 on base and a 320 slugging. Again, this was in a highly offensive era. He had a 66 OPS plus. So, um, obviously, like no one knew what OPS plus was, right? But they, they could see the his stats were like like bad in a certain way. But um, he had the reputation enough as a good fielder to play for basically two decades. He was a regular for a, a, a dozen years from 1928 to 1939. However, among players with at least 5,000 plate appearances, his 66 OPS plus is the seventh worst ever. Um, three players at the bottom are tied at 64 OPS plus, so he's like right near there. Um, Oscar Melillo, um, or Melillo, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that. He was a second baseman with the Red Sox and the Browns in the 1920s and 30s. Uh, and then uh, someone from my era, Tim Foley, an infielder with several teams in the 70s and 80s. And then uh, Nephi Perez, who was a shortstop in what I termed as the Jacob era in, yeah. in more recent times. It's good era. So the, those were uh, sort of the peers for DeRocher, uh, at least as a hitter. And he was, you know, probably a better fielder. Who knows? Who knows? This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. But clashing with star players, never a winning strategy, um, especially if you're a rookie who didn't really hit, um, and he, he was he was literally joining Murderer's Row. Um, so he only played two years with the Yankees. Uh, Miller Huggins, who uh, the Sabre bio described as protecting DeRocher, died in 1929, and after that happened, the Yankees um, like sort of shipped him off to Cincinnati, DeRocher. Uh, so then later he ended up with the Cardinals in a six-player trade in 1933. He ended up as the captain of the Gas House Gang, and the fact that, that like that's a nickname that resonates because the Cardinals won a World Series. Uh, DeRocher's cantankerous style fit better on those uh, mid-1930s Cardinals teams. Uh, I think the Sabre by, I don't remember where I saw this, the exact quote, but it was something like, um, it seemed like everybody on that Cardinals team was fighting each other. I was I wonder if they were like the sort of this era's equivalent of like the 86, or that era's equivalent of like the 86 Mets. Um, but DeRocher started all seven games of the World Series in 1934. He had... Um, he was 7 for 27, uh, 259, hit double, a triple. No walks and no strikeouts. Obviously different era, but he always put the ball in play. Never uh, thought that was interesting. So he was traded to the Dodgers in October 37. Um, uh, again, first All-Star game was 1933. So he made three total All-Star teams, 36 with St. Louis, 38 with the Dodgers. Uh, those are, were both starting. And then 1940 with Brooklyn, 
the, the way the starters were chosen back then were weird. I think the first two years were fan balloting for the starters. And then it was like basically coaches and managers just decided everything. So DeRocher in 1940 for the whole season played 62 games and 175 plate appearances, but he was an all-star. He didn't play in the game. He was a reserve, but it was just kind of weird, like how they, you know, this guy's familiar. Let's bring him on board. Um, so by his by his second year with the Dodgers, um, 1939, he was named player manager, which was, uh, you know, obviously more popular back then. Don't really see that at all. I guess, I think, is Pete Rose still the last player manager? Uh, yeah, I was wondering and, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. But you still don't see it. But but you look at um, like when he sort of came on board. Brooklyn didn't have a winning season for the last the previous six years, nineteen thirty two to thirty eight, or uh, maybe it's oh thirty two to thirty seven. Um, and then that was under three different managers: uh, Max Carey, Casey Stingle, and Burley Grimes. Burley Grimes always fun to say, knuckleballer. Um, it was during that period that the Dodgers were bad. When Giants manager Bill Terry was asked about Brooklyn, and he said, "Are they still in the league?" Uh, one of, uh, phrase that sort of resonated and was one of the more famous like uh, barbs in the history of the rivalry between the Dodgers and Giants. But they were slowly like starting to get good. They're amassing talent in the late 1930s, and when they brought DeRocher on board, it kind of all worked. Um, so starting in 1939, his first year's manager through 1966. The Dodgers only had three losing seasons in 28 years, and one of those was during World War II when, again, the rosters were kind of depleted. So uh, I will say one sort of notch in DeRocher's belt, even though he was kind of a hard ass, um, is that Pee Wee Reese came up uh, age 21 in 1940, and to his credit, DeRocher like, knew his days were soon over at shortstop. There was a March 1940 article in the Louisville Courier-Journal um, it says, uh, DeRocher said, Donnie Bush, who was a former player and manager, he told me uh, he had looked in vain for something to criticize about Reese's play. I believe he met, uh, Bush managed uh, Reese in Louisville. And I haven't been able to either. This is what DeRocher said. He makes impossible stops and throws. He has an uncanny instinct as to where to play for the hitters. I can't teach him a thing except little things like where to play certain batters. He's better than I ever was, and I bet... I'll bet he hit, he'll hit 40 points better than I did when I broke in. They used to play two infields against me and no outfield. So, and he was right. Like Pee Wee Reese was like good just about right away. Drosher only played sparingly in 1941, 18 games that year. The Dodgers went to the World Series for the first time in 21 years. Um, he inserted himself a few times, uh, including uh, our uh, aforementioned uh, previous trivia question. So he, he played six games in 1943 twice in 1945 and now back to the question for you jacob what position did leo derocher play in his final major league game catcher (laughs) is that your real answer i I mean i gotta guess something absurd i don't know uh how about center field no it was second base and if it was shortstop that would have been hilarious actually um i'm looking this up so he played. He played second. He flew out to center, and then he came out at some point. Where does it say he came out? I can't. Why can't I read? Um, all right. Apparently, I. Yeah, he didn't play the whole game, but uh, 
Yeah, okay, so he got pinch hit for in the fifth. I must be overlooking... Oh, I, I know. I was looking over his his potential other at bat. But nope. Uh, flew out to center and is only at bat and then was pinch hit for later. That was his last game. Um, so yeah, that's that's Leo DeRocher, the baseball player. He, he went to the Hall of Fame as a manager, but yeah, now you know. I and do know. You know what they say, Pete, knowing is half the battle. Uh, just some cleanup work. Pete Rose was the last player manager. Um, only one in the to do it in the 80s, and in the 70s you had Don Kessinger for the White Sox, Joe Torre for the Mets, and Frank Robinson for the Indians. Nice. Well, that's a good bit of trivia, and thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we will be back with you tomorrow. Thank you.